Welcome to the 11th episode of Cutting Edge. I'm Landon Sturdivant, and for those of you who have been tuning in day in and day out, your support means so much, and hopefully these episodes continue to be engaging, enjoyable, and valuable to you. Any feedback, insights, commentary, or suggestions for future episodes that you may have are greatly appreciated. Today we're talking Joe Burrow, who took the world by storm in 2019 with a season that asserted his name into discussions of the greatest college football quarterback ever. Burrow, a 23-year-old grad transfer who played for LSU since 2018 following his graduation from Ohio State, put up historic numbers of 5,671 yards and 60 passing touchdowns on a 73.6% completion rate in just 15 games. Naturally, Burrow ran away with the Heisman, took his team to a national championship victory, and won MVP of both the playoff game and the championship game, among a slew of other awards and accolades. The following year, he was drafted first overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, his hometown, his hometown team. The level of success that Burrow had been dreaming of and had been working so hard for his entire life finally came into fruition at the end of 2019 and at the beginning of 2020. But none of it fell into his lap. Burrow's family has a deep, deep history in the sport of football. His father, Jimmy, who played a season with the Green Bay Packers and bounced around the Canadian Football League, coached from 1981 up until his retirement in 2018. His uncle, John Burrow, was a linebacker at Ole Miss. He had two older brothers, Jamie and Dan, who followed in his father's footsteps, playing at Nebraska. Burrow was born in 1996 in Ames, Iowa, where his father had been coaching at Ames High School for a year following a long tenure at Iowa State University. At six years old, he attended the 2002 Rose Bowl, where his dad was on the sidelines as a grad assistant for Nebraska, and his brother Jamie was playing at linebacker. I know, (laughs) quite an age gap there. Little Joey would start playing football around third grade on a team coached by his father and apparently picked up quarterbacking position out of necessity. Though there was a long lineage of defensive players in his family, the team didn't have anyone who could play QB, so who better than the college coach's son to run the offense? A short time later, when Burrow was around nine, Ohio University hired Jimmy as their defensive coordinator, and the family would relocate to Athens, Ohio, where they would settle. A three-year starter at Athens High School, Burrow led the Bulldogs to the playoffs three times, earning their first seven playoff wins in school history, and accumulated career stats of 11,416 passing yards, 157 passing touchdowns, paired with 2,067 yards rushing and 27 rushing touchdowns. These amazing feats earned Burrow the 2014 Ohio Mr. Football Award, as well as the Gatorade Player of the Year Award his senior year. He was also the 8th ranked dual threat quarterback in the nation for the class of 2015 and was considered a 4 star recruit according to 24-7 sports. So Jared Burrow was no random casual by any stretch of the imagination. However, when you're talking about the dynastic Ohio State Buckeyes football team, the program that's produced 31 NFL draft picks since the year 2000, everyone you play with was an all-star in high school. After redshirting his first year, a decision that would pay off massively a few years down the road. He spent the next two years as a backup to JT Barrett, OSU's starter at the time. The hungry and gritty Joe Burrow did everything he could to earn a chance to go on the field, even begging then-coach Urban Meyer to let him go on the kickoff team. Once again, coming from a background of defensive players, Burrow was not afraid of physicality, and it's a very evident trait in his game. Nevertheless, being less than a five-star recruit convinced Urban Meyer that he wasn't good enough and he never would be. Michael Lombardi, an NFL analyst, stated in his podcast that it was so bad at one point 
There was a scrimmage where Joe Burrow didn't wear a red shirt. The red shirt in practice, by the way, is to signify that the quarterback can't be hit as to not injure them for the games. And so him not wearing a red shirt in practice meant they were live on him. Burrow couldn't stay there any longer if he wanted to advance in his career, and he politely held a conversation alongside his family with Meyer and announced his plans to leave. In three years with the program, Burrow only saw action in 10 games, none of which was he the starter. Completing 29 of 39 passes in those two eligible seasons, he threw for 287 yards and two touchdowns with zero interceptions, which if you were to put that on an NFL passer rating scale, it's about 112 out of 158.3 points possible, which is super good. This made him a very marketable player in the transfer portal. Able to graduate from OSU in three years with a financial and consumer services degree and with the realization that they were going to start Dwayne Haskins next season, Burrow needed to find a team that would give him an opportunity, and there were plenty that were interested. However, it was LSU that would win his heart. Coach Ed Orgeron, who many in the college football world know to be one of the more old-school guys around in terms of his brashness and non-touchy-feely nature, took Burrow and his father out for dinner. When Burrow suggested he wanted crawfish and the restaurant didn't have any, Cocho went to the restaurant's manager and made them get 15 pounds of crawfish and cook it for them anyway. It's almost cinematic how ridiculous it is, but if you've seen Cocho, I believe it. So Tigers it was, and as a redshirt junior, Burrow would earn his first ever starting spot. And picking up Burrow would turn out to be a legendary pickup for Cocho and LSU. Burrow won SEC Offensive Player of the Week twice and led the Tigers to a 10-3 record in his first season, taking down UCF in the Fiesta Bowl and racking up 2,894 passing yards, 16 passing touchdowns on only five interceptions, and getting seven touchdowns on his feet with over 399 rushing yards. Despite a fairly successful season, going into his last year, just to put in perspective how unlikely of a breakout this was, Burrow was projected to be around a fourth or fifth round pick. Out of just senior quarterbacks, not even including the underclassmen like Tua Tagovailoa and Jake Fromm that were ranked in front of him, just seniors, Burrow was the ninth highest prospect. On top of this, his dad had just retired from coaching at Ohio so he could see all of his son's final college games. The revenge tour against all of his doubters had begun. Burrow was ready to show people who he really was. His first game out was against Georgia Southern. This was naturally a wholesale slaughtering, with Burrow posting 278 passing yards and five touchdowns as the Tigers steamrolled the Eagles 55-3. Though he was the co-offensive player of the week along then-Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, nothing was too surprising considering it was week one against a much lower level team. However, traveling into Arlington in week two to play then ninth ranked Texas, where Burrow threw for 471 yards, second most in school history, four touchdowns, and while only getting intercepted once, knocking down the Longhorns 45-38. to Two weeks later, at Vanderbilt, Burrow was able to capture a school record of his own with six touchdowns, along with 398 yards, as they absolutely routed the Commodores 66-38, to after smacking down Northwestern State 65-14 to in Baton Rouge the previous week. Burrow was running an absolute clinic, making college football look a little too easy, and the nation really started taking notice. He became the hot topic, really the only topic, 
on all sports panels as LSU's 42-6 win over Utah State the next week became Burrow's fourth consecutive game with 300-plus passing yards, the first Tigers quarterback to ever get such a feat. Even though the number 7-ranked Florida Gators snapped a streak, Burrow was only 7 yards short of a fifth game, with 293 yards and another three touchdowns to secure a comfortable win in their home stadium. With six massive wins, LSU was now the second-ranked team in the country, only behind Trevor Lawrence and the other Tigers of Clemson, South Carolina. At Mississippi State, Burrow claimed another school record. This time, it was a single-season record in just his seventh game. Posting four touchdowns in the 36-13 win, he surpassed the single-season passing touchdowns record, which was just 28. The next week was against the ninth-ranked Auburn team, and the accolades just kept coming for Joe Burrow as he put up his eighth game with 300 or more passing yards, with his 321-yard performance more than any QB in LSU history. They faced their stiffest competition against a tough number 3 Alabama roster, led by fellow Heisman Trophy candidate Tua Tagovailoa. The video game-like LSU offense, backed by a sturdy defense, however, would come out on top, 46-41, behind Burrow's 393 yards and three touchdowns that would earn him SEC Co-Offensive Player of the Week with teammate running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Burrow would top the single-season passing yards record, following 489 yards against the Ole Miss Rebels the next week, paired with another five touchdown passes to add on to the school passing touchdowns record that he already owned. The next two weeks saw two more 50-plus point games against conference competition, SEC being the toughest conference arguably in college football, with a 56-20 at Arkansas and 50-7 at Texas A&M. Naturally, even against a Georgia team that was projected to be ahead of LSU in conference standings at the beginning of the season, LSU was now heavy favorites to be SEC championships, or SEC champions rather. They proved just that. In a solid 37-10 victory, they clinched the last win they needed to cement the number one seed in the four-team college football playoff. In his Heisman acceptance speech, which he won by a larger margin than anyone in Heisman history at 1,800 votes, he encouraged people to donate to a specific charity within his native Athens County, which would amass $450,000 from approximately 13,000 different donors. As if his previous performances weren't unbelievable enough, his showing at the Peach Bowl versus a number 4 Oklahoma in the college football playoff was considered to be one of the greatest games of all time. Burrow put up 493 passing yards, 7 passing touchdowns, along with 22 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown to go for 8 total touchdowns. And get this, that was just the first half. Resting the second half, they won 63-28. to 8 touchdowns in a half. Okay, folks. And so in the national championship game against Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, who were previously number one ranked, Burrow had 463 yards with six total touchdowns, five of which were passing, and that led LSU to a 42-25 victory. And that, that five touchdowns that he got secured the NCAA record of single-season passing touchdowns that had been held since 2006 by Hawaii's Colt Brennan, who had 58 touchdowns. It was a truly miraculous story, and it goes to show that the hungry always get fed. 
Burroughs championed work ethic and grit, especially in those formative years at Ohio State when the progress wasn't shown in his stats, since he didn't really have any stats. Being able to continuously show up in a situation where he was being doubted and no one really wanted him to win is a powerful thing that everyone can take away from, even if we're not all 6'4 super athletes who are aiming to be the greatest NCAA quarterbacks alive. It also shows how powerful that darkness can be. Though a polite and gentle character like Burrow would never admit it, there must have been a piece of him that hated Urban Meyer so much that he was willing to go to the well every single day to prove to him the gem that he so carelessly disregarded. And that he did. And that Urban Meyer knows. Though having lots of weapons in Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, all who would end up being NFL first-round draft picks, would definitely help Burrow out in the process, no doubt, the years of preparation, patience, and discipline exercised by Burrow would have it be that the opportunity would find him when he most needed it. Thanks again for listening, guys. This is probably my longest episode ever. I had a lot of fun researching this one. Joe Burrow somebody I think is just an incredible example of someone who was not expected to do what he did, but just became a champion in in a crucial situation. And I hope you guys found this as inspiring as I did. I'm going to link my sources in the podcast description once again, because like I've said before, I don't come up with this off the top of my head, believe it or not. If you want to follow this podcast, you can go ahead and hit follow on Spotify or wherever you're listening. I'm going to, I'm still getting listed for Apple Podcasts and Pandora. So since we're still waiting on that, I'm pretty sure it's just Spotify for now. And on Instagram, it's going to be at Cutting Edge IG. That's at C-U-T-T-I-N-G-E-D-G-E-I-G on Instagram. If you want to follow me personally, I'm going to be under Landon underscore Sturdivant. That's L-A-N-D-O-N underscore S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T. On Snapchat, I'm L-T Sturdivant 21. That's L-T-S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T 21. And my email is ltsturdevant at yahoo.com. That's L-T-S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T at yahoo.com. With all that being said, thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next one.